right, guys. So for this podcast, I have Kevin James Mosley on. Um, he is a victim of sex trafficking. Um, if you want further information, just go ahead and go ahead and traffic TikTok. Um, TikTok is going to end with a C, though. Um, and he has 81,000 followers and 498,000 likes. Um, he has a bunch of them kind of outlined in his story, um, as you'll hear on here as well. Um, I do have a request for whoever's listening. Please forgive me. I have no idea what happened. I'll, I'll do better. But it is staticky um, during the podcast, but it is a pretty important one. So if you're willing to listen, um, hopefully it's not too big of a turn off. So I appreciate you guys. All right. I guess the next question that I wanted to get to, I guess I'll probably start it from here again, just for for the people that are listening, because of like the little technical difficulties. Um, but in regards to um, your mom being a part of that, you you didn't really, if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, you didn't really blame her for that. It was more she was forced to be in that position. Does that sound correct? Um, uh, most certainly, most certainly mm-hmm. at first, like for most of me and my brothers growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, She was crying uh, in the bathroom on the phone with my, uh, with her adoptive father, um, like crying about money and asking, crying about like why she has to, uh, like keep on giving all her child support and all her money mm-hmm. to uh, law enforcement, or to not say law enforcement, but to the people that, mm-hmm. uh, like my person who became my stepfather, uh, Garrett Cromier. Uh, and Rob Campbell, uh, specifically those two people who use their position in law enforcement mm-hmm. uh, to uh, do this. And I just want to make sure that, yeah, they, this, their actions are representative of all law enforcement, but these, these people in their position did manipulate a lot of people at, like throughout when I was younger and uh, across like the United States, almost everywhere I've been, mm-hmm. to like, get information, etc. And I can ex- uh, expand more on that also if I need to. Yeah, if you don't mind expanding on that, I am really curious. I think that's one of the things that really drew me towards that you said, like, law enforcement had a part in that. And me, I'm already cynical by nature, so I'm like, I, I believe that already, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, cynicism, I think, is important, but um, as well as I think skepticism is really, really important, especially, mm. like, uh, like in the, of the inquisitive type. But I would say, like, um, for example, like, I didn't know, besides... Garrett, when I was like two or three, he's the first person that sexually assaulted me. There's only like brief times where I've had like, when I've like in social services where I've interacted with him, like sparsely. Where I, I don't want to say interacted, but seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my 20s, after getting out of social services, I would hitchhike like around the United States. Mm-hmm. He had uh, someone, uh, state patrol, pick me up, and he was like, like I was hitchhiking, and he stopped. He was like, hey, there's someone. I'm paraphrasing a bit here. But there's someone from uh, with the FBI from California. He's uh, wants to talk to you about some serious stuff that happened to you when you were in, uh, when you were younger in social services and beforehand. Uh, he's in California, but he wants to talk to you over my uh, vehicle mic or whatever. Uh, he just wants to ask you some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mind hopping in? I'm like sure. And like I my dog and me and my guitar with me, which I always traveled with, and we hopped in my backpack. I hopped in and spoke for at least an hour, um, like asking me like what I remember, if there's anything unique that I remember that may or may not be involved, uh, people that I 
uh, that could be witnesses, people that might have seen stuff mm-hmm. or known stuff. Um, and um, we did that, uh, like, you know, that for, like, again, at least an hour, a couple hours. And then he's, we were like, uh, well, you continue, like, you know, like, traveling around the country doing what, you, what you're doing, mm-hmm. and I'll have law enforcement pick you up. Uh, like, you just let me know where you are or whatever, like, keep in touch. And we'll continue this process like this, like this, and then when I have your case ready, uh, you can come back to the United, uh, to California, and mm-hmm. we'll like get these guys or whatever. Um, and I did that for about two years or so, until an officer that picked me up uh, said, "Why don't you just put him in witness protection?" And then the guy uh, on the speaker uh, again, I'm paraphrasing this a bit here, but he's like. Like, oh, you effed up. We got to kill him now. I'm the first person that effed him. And then that person, his name is Garrett Cormier, and in 2012, after this event, after this came out, it was like a year or so after this, is when him and my mother got married. Uh, and they said that they were going to use the excuse that they fell in love while investigating my case. And this was back in, like, 2010. And that, because they, they say that I was, they used to say this, it's changed a lot of their stories over mm-hmm. time. Uh, and I have stuff to, like, corroborate a lot of the stuff. Um, that, uh, yeah, at one point in time, but I, they admitted that I was sexually assaulted and that they used Garrett, uh, or that, yeah, they used that as a disguise for their marriage, but, and then the other intention is so they couldn't testify against each other. Um, oh, okay. can't testify against each other. Got you. Okay, yeah, I, you just answered my question right there. Um, really quick, uh, Garrett was, um, a police officer or an agent, or who was Garrett? From the years of dealing with him and specifically being told by law enforcement and people like and him and mm-hmm. my mother and everything, like everything combined from people who supposedly didn't like him and like him, he works or works or worked for witness protection for the FBI. Okay. Got you. Um, so let, let me ask you this as well. In regards to who's helped you out um, when you were younger and who's who's pushed you away? What kind of agencies, programs have assisted or have not assisted? I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Like, I'll say, like, mostly my time in social services was bad. There were a few good staff um, that were really, like, that made it bearable, kind of, like, in pieces. Um, but... Mostly, it's like I remember getting in an argument with someone, one of the staffs, because they mentioned they were like 19 or something, mm-hmm. and they were like, because like people in college like studying for stuff can be staff members, and I was like, like I was like 16 or 17 at the time, and thinking to my, and I told them like, I was thinking to myself that uh, it just seemed odd, I'm paraphrasing, but it just seemed odd that someone with no, with like probably doesn't have kids, probably doesn't know how to raise kids, is kind of like essentially raising us. And then I got, it became like a big argument with, mm-hmm. uh, with me and like staff and whatnot. Because um, it just seems odd that we're taken away from our parents and put with people who don't really uh, love us. I remember telling Malik, I was like, uh, I asked her if, like, if she loved us, or if she loved me specifically. I was like, do you, like, it was, I was like, do you love me? And then one of the other staff was like, uh, like, they were like, what do you mean by that? Like, there's lots of sexual stuff between us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, like, I was like, reiterate, I was like, no, you don't even love me. You guys are just at work, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm having to spend, uh, from when I was, 
11 or 12 to about 13 in social services and then uh, 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are like big points. There's a lot of kids that spend their, their entire life in social services. Um, and then, uh, so I'd say like mostly bad, like there's there's ways to go about it to make it better. Um, mm-hmm. The only one organization recently that's helped me is one called Free to Fly. Um, and they've been really assistive in just like helping with some basic resources. Uh, that's from freetofly.org, I believe, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Um, but um, as far as like other, yeah, it's it's a real hit and miss. Cause, like nothing, nothing, nothing is really like assisted in getting the stuff that needs to be done done, mm-hmm. which has been the biggest obstacle. Like there's like I've called over the years ACLU, like all like U.S. Marshals, local law enforcement, other state patrol, FBI and CIA, everything. I felt like trying to find the resources. Uh, someone, a group to assist me, all the churches, etc. And most most places, uh, not trying to bash any of these places, but they're not equipped. Mm-hmm. Or either like it's a mixture of like they don't understand or they're not equipped to be able to like even address most of this stuff. Uh, and I would say like different types of equipment in different places. I would say like the laws prohibiting good law, like or I would say good law enforcement to appropriately address. Um, just even minimal police misconduct, let alone extreme stuff, mm-hmm. is just non-existent. Uh, most people, like there was in Boston now about four or five days ago, uh, there was an officer that was shot uh, the day before that he was going to testify against corrupt police officers yeah. in his precinct. And like, you know, most likely they don't know what happened. Like, you know, they don't know for sure who was involved. But I mean, I, I don't know, like... It's possible yeah. that it wasn't related to him doing that, but yeah. Yeah, that just reminds you of the time when uh, when one of the judges got one of Epstein's cases and they shot the husband and the son. Like, it's just something like that in particular just strikes me as like, mm, it's just too convenient, you know? Yeah. But um, is there – do you think it's meant – do you think they they don't help you on purpose or or what do you think of that situation because if there should be some something in particular that helps with something as as serious as this you know i mean it, it just strikes me a little odd as like as a society if anything when it comes to like the organizations that specifically help with sexual assault etc mm-hmm. um like different places help with different things and mm-hmm. the general utility like what i needed the very best that i got from some places was um, like one place in New Mexico was like, oh yeah, like we have a house, you can come here and you can like, you know, like help keep you hidden, like mm-hmm. kind of thing, like uh, type situation. And I was like, well, what about getting the story out? And they're like, oh no, like we, we don't do that. And I was like, mm-hmm. like, and this is what the biggest issue I found is like, there's organizations that best will help you just kind of like stay hidden but you basically have to like forego your entire life it's basically like kind of like it's not even witness protection it's like very unofficial so it's less secure than what would ideally be like uh like federal witness protection Mm -hmm. um and it's there's no recourse there's no legal action there's no journalistic action into like your story or information it just kind of shuts you down um that was my biggest issue and that was only one place that I found that actually did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other place was just like, well, we can have someone talk with you. And it's just like, okay, but what do we do? Well, we can look, like, help you look. This is the biggest, biggest thing. 
so many places just help you look up resources on the internet. They're like, well, we can, you know, like, mm-hmm. look up, uh, like, a shelter in your area. I'm like, I have an apartment. They're like, okay, well, uh, here's a therapist. And I was like, I've already, like, I, I, at the time I had a therapist thinking about a specific incident or something. Uh, but it's, um, they don't, like, you know, it's like, oh, do you need help with food stamps or rent or something? And it's like, no, I don't need that. I need a journalist. I need legal action. I need yeah. help pressuring the right places to mm-hmm. actually get the stuff done. Just, I've mentioned this in a few lives I've had. So I have, like, it's not like I'm just saying bad things happen to me and I want people to believe me. I don't want people to believe me outright. I, uh, I mean, it'd be nice. It's better than being unbelieved, but ideally, mm-hmm. I want people to skeptically look into the situation as if I'm making a claim and people are invested in finding out the truth. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, I, have, I have many points of interest. Uh, from elementary school, my like, for example, my principal, Mr. Glasser, the story behind that. Um, there's social services. My social services records will show uh, things related to... Um, like my foster family, which mm-hmm. kind of got from my from perspective and from my interactions, they got uh, screwed out. I can explain it more, but they got screwed over. Um, and then various three staff, Ray, Jimmy, and Barrett, uh, three different times for social services at the same group home, uh, uh, CRF, they got framed. Jimmy noticed that they were handing out uh, like homemade sex toys every single night in the group home. And was like, what are we doing? And yeah. he got arrested. Uh, Barrett got arrested, uh, like, he got fired, and then I was running away a lot, and then Monique or Monica, I can't remember exactly her name, I remember exactly what she looked like, uh, but she, like, I ran away, and she followed me to the Orange Mall, and then she told me to turn inside the Starbucks, and I turned in, and then Barrett was there, and then they essentially said, uh, like, afterwards, Luther said that they got, uh, one of the people at the group home that wasn't sexually assaulting me, uh, that they found Barrett, that they arrested Barrett for trying to set up that up, like as if people need to meet him at Starbucks to abduct me. Um, I don't know, like, I didn't, yeah, there was that, and then there was Jimmy, who was a staff member that drew comic book characters of, like, kids. Uh, like, he draw them as, like, superheroes. It was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, and, or I thought it was me. And he got arrested because my mom took the drawings and then drew, uh, I don't want to like say the sexual term uh, genitals mm-hmm. on um, all the characters, uh, like private parts, um, and he got arrested, and then he later committed suicide. Um, like I, like someone came to the group home screaming he killed, uh, not like just to the group home, not to me or anywhere specific, but like you killed my, I think it was either said son or brother, it was either the mom or the. Uh, her sister mm-hmm. that came by and there's so much more stories i got sent like this is on this is documented yeah. uh i was in Kearney, nebraska uh and then i got sent to back to california but while being sent there from social services and i was sent to live with a 22 year old man uh and then i made like i like i did something that wasn't supposed to happen and so like the police got involved and i actually got to get like taken back to me to california um, it's just, it's like, you know, a lot of this, and this was in Kearney, Nebraska, um, mm-hmm. specifically, like I have a lot of points of interest that could be looked up, a lot of things that could be mentioned, and all of this is just before I was even 18. There's a multitude of stuff 
that happened after I was 18, a lot of what you can also be looked at, like the Crystal Richinger case, the people involved in her sexual assault and murder, which is loosely tied to my situation. That's one of the ones that you posted recently, correct? On uh, on TikTok, I believe? Was it um, the Crystal Richinger? I issue, believe right? so. I believe um, you posted three witnesses um, and like their Facebook profile pictures. Is that is that the same one? Yeah, yeah. If, um, I don't have those right in front of me, but uh, yeah, there was the first three people, uh, Dylan Salvatore, he was dating Andrea Perez, one of the people that uh, was directly involved in Crystal Rissinger's and Crystal Rissinger's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he's not to, like he's a like really genuinely a good person, and also just got wrapped up in a lot of bad people. Like he and he wasn't doing bad; he didn't do anything wrong, uh, from my from my under, understanding and experiences. Yeah. Um, Alma 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 Carell, uh, if I'm saying that right. The second picture is of someone that would if she got spoken to by the right if by you know the proper people uh-huh. the sheriffs there are are involved and i have a recording that uh corroborates that um but uh she just has uh like inform like loose like information that would corroborate things nothing mm-hmm. super not like the best i'd say like it's enough to go off of on some stuff but it's not like the dylan Salvatore who has more of a direct like uh, first-hand information with Andrea Perez, and then um, there was one picture of this guy named Something Boone. I can't remember his name, but I remember where his house was uh, in the like it's a, this Baca, which is this very large housing uh, area outside of Crestone. Mm-hmm. He lives there, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened there. And I can't remember actually the three other pictures. Or uh, one of them was Andrea Perez. Um, and I can't recall who the other two uh, are right now on the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, no worries. But, yeah. But in, in regard... There's, there's, yeah. Well, go for it. Go for oh, it. yeah. In, in regard to that murder, um, obviously it was in that, that quote-unquote field of, of trafficking. Um, do you know exactly how she died or, or why they killed her in particular? Okay, I could... Uh, I, like, I could only say from my experiences mm-hmm. and what I saw and what I heard, I, like, I... I was not told specifically, like, by them, like, this is why we did it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so I can't say, like, why precisely. Yeah. But I spoke with her the day or so that she went, uh, like, officially missing. Yeah. Uh, and she was crying outside of the Crestone Brewing Company, um, sitting towards, uh, like, you know, like, sitting on the grass, sitting towards uh, the health food store. Mm-hmm. I walked up to her like the second time we've ever, we only ever spoke um, and I was like hey like something like how's it going um, and she told me like she, she was very short in her responses but she said that like just some serious stuff went down um, and I'm paraphrasing a bit here but like some serious stuff went down um, and then I mentioned that like you know like I thought from, I was like projecting, I was like, Crestone isn't that great, like, it's not as friendly as it pretends to be, like, it's a very, it pretends to be like a very hippie, like, everyone's family, and like, community mm-hmm. type stuff, it's nothing like that, uh, but I was like, I told them, I was like, all you gotta do is find some really good friends, um, and like, the people who I considered friends was Dylan Salvatore, Andrea Perez, Logan Nance, Bonnie McAckerman, um, all but Dylan are involved in, uh, 
Crystal Rissinger's case and Bonnie McEachern was uh, may still be mm-hmm. uh, selling out her child, um, which is more to extrapolate like there. But uh, yeah, uh, I go off on tangents. My apologies. Um, but then uh, Crystal Rissinger, she was saying that um, like I mentioned my friend uh, or whatever. Like I was like, all you need is people to kind of like friends to hang out with that makes everything better essentially. And she was like, she said something like. Like, only if you knew what I knew or something or like I, or like your friends don't something or other like she was basically insinuating that like uh, I don't know my friends as well as I think mm. I do or they're talking crap on me or something okay. I didn't really think anything of it uh, I was like whatever uh, and then Andrea Perez drove up in her car uh, and then uh, Crystal got in and then drove to and then they supposedly were going to Swatch County to or so I mean uh, the town of Sawatch uh, this is all in Swatch County, but the town of Sawatch is where the sheriff's department is, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be going there, which is like 40 minutes away, um, and that's and then that's the last I saw her. And then, uh, from what I understand, is that she was is that that's when she was killed. Like on a, she went missing like right after that. Uh, Andrea Perez's vehicle, like a couple weeks later or a week later, uh, got totaled. Um, okay. And uh, let's see. There's a, yeah. There's there's a lot to go off of comment. Like I I can go off on tangents, but if you uh, if you want to talk just about the crystal thing, we we totally can. I just it's so much to explain. I could totally it could be hard to follow. And so if you want to like tee up questions. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. keep going. If there's a question, I'll 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 interject and ask you right then and there, just so that way we can clarify. But yeah, no, this is your time. Feel free to go for it, man. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, is there any like clarity? mentioned so far that so far it looks like everything's good i can connect the dots from pretty much from here at least from like what i've been able to see like from tiktok and from what you're saying right now okay um and then um uh, yeah let's see so basically like i'm just gonna explain if you mind if i explain this chronologically yeah yeah okay so the setup is I've been hitching around the United States for a long time. I met this guy named Daniel Woods in Boulder, Colorado, um, another traveler. Daniel lived in Preston, Colorado with this older man. Like He was like in between 17 and 19, I don't know. Um, and he lived with this older man named Darren in Preston, Colorado. He said that I should visit because Preston's a really cool small town. Um, I went from Netherlands and Boulder, Colorado, uh, eventually to Preston, uh, had a few odd but short experiences, like I was only there for a month, and then a couple years later, um, I just happened to go through or go into Crestone, and then uh, I was in Crestone, was walking down like the like one of the dirt roads. Darren was working on this like big building inside of uh, like right as you drive into Crestone, like the proper town boundaries. It's just like this big building that got like never finished. He was kind of like working on things in there. He recognized me. Um, I went over there. We, uh, he ended up letting me get set up at the same person who owned the property that he was working on, owned a property in the Baca, which is the housing development, which is like sparsely populated rural lots of land. Um, I was out in the Baca. Uh, he, he, the person who owned the property in town also owned a property in the Baca. She passed away, uh, but her brother still like managed everything, but he was going to sell everything. He set it up to where I could live out there in the Baca um, in my RV. I got my RV. This, if this gets too much, let me know. No, <laughs> you're fine. RV. Cool, cool. Um, 
I got my RV shortly after going into Presto. Like I hitchhiked in, uh, like I took a, a Greyhound from Stockton into Gunnison, I think, in Colorado. And I hitchhiked down to like a, a, a rainbow gathering in Swatch County. And then I got a ride from there into Presto, was sitting in the park. That's when I first met Logan Nance, who just walked up to me. Uh, and which isn't unusual for travelers to walk up to each other and just chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of hit it off. Like you see someone with a backpack and you're like, are you traveling? Like, yeah, I'm traveling. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like a thing. But um, so he walks up, we start talking. Uh, we end up smoking like, I smoke pot. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for disclosure, I don't do anything but smoke pot. I very rarely smoke, uh, drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes or anything like that. But um, I don't even do caffeine. But uh, <laughs> let's see, there was Logan came up. Uh, we kind of hit it off from, from my perspective. And then uh, interacted with Garen. Garen got me set up in the property down in the Baca. Uh, And um, down in the Baca. I ended up meeting Crystal sometime for the first time uh, six-ish months, a few months after I got there. Uh, I was in the park near where I met Logan, but at a different time. Uh, and he, um, and he, uh, yeah, uh, we were at, I was at the park, different time where I met Logan. And Andrea, Dylan, and Crystal were there. And then, like, we were talking and hanging out. Um, and then I hit it off with Dylan and Andrea. Um, and then, let's see. I ended up um, trying, to, trying to scan my brain to see if there's anything important to note before I jump to the next, like, section. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, let's see. They were staying at this person's house in the Baca. Uh, like, you know, just like kind of living there, and then they ended up. She was working for this woman who had a special needs adult son. Um, after I'm trying to think again, uh, anything important. Um, after some time, when I was living out in the Baca, Garen, uh, and I like I say this skeptically. Because uh, there's a few things that happen to make me think otherwise. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kelly's son, who's like 40, ended up telling me that uh, Garen passed away uh, of a heart attack. And then uh, he let, they let me stay on the property a little bit longer that I was staying on. Um, but then someone told me that they saw Garen living in Alamosa at a old folks home. Okay. Which is odd. Yeah, the thing with him that's odd is like he was a very like he had a big property out in Baca. And he had always had like young guys over all the time mm-hmm. um, and do like saunas and stuff like that. And that's how him and Daniel met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Daniel Woods is uh, Grace Woods, who is Daniel's Woods aunt, uh, moved to Crestone and bought property in North Crestone, uh, this house on like five or ten acres. Um, uh, bought property like uh, the time I was there, like shortly after getting there. Um, Logan uh, ended up moved, ended up staying on the property. Uh, Bonnie's was staying at this woman named Mary Meisman's property. Uh, after Garen passed away, 
I ended up having to leave the property and then Bonnie let me stay in the back house thing that she was staying in on Mary Mason's property. And Logan on Grace Wood's property, where he ended up digging a eight by eight by eight hole, like eight foot wide, eight foot long, eight foot deep like hole. And then he had like like a thatched wood thing. I don't say thatch, but like uh like he had like a wood roof kind of on it in, in this hole and he had like a wood stove in it. Yeah. And like yeah. Uh, like a hobbit hole kind of he had that in there and then um like that crystal went missing and then like months later uh okay uh, one thing to know i remember at one point uh, this guy drove up gave logan this buck knife outside of the mercantile which is uh steve mcdowell's uh, business. It's the one of two grocery stores there. This guy in like a white truck, who's like really short, over, uh, always wear overalls, or like uh, I'm gonna say overalls. What's that they're called? Like Carhartts? Yeah, Carhartt mm. overalls. Um, he gave Logan a buck knife, and then Logan gave that knife to me, and then uh, I was told by Logan that people were saying that I was using it as like a trophy, to, like because I was like. I like, you know, I don't know, like, if you're out in the woods, you use your knives for a lot of things, like, mm-hmm. you cut apples with it and stuff like that, and cut some cheese with it, um, but people were like, oh, he's, he's, uh, Logan told me that people were saying that I was, uh, like, showing it off as, like, a trophy that I, that I did something with Crystal, and then months later, Bonnie was supposedly getting, like, a lot of crap from me for her letting me stay there, because supposedly it's getting around that I was doing something to her son, Pepe, is like another rumor, and I found out later that Logan was the one was one of a few people uh, spreading these these rumors, mm-hmm. uh, and bon- Bonnie as well. Uh, but she was was getting crap supposedly for me being there. She asked if I could go up on the mountain and camp out, and then Logan said he got me a tent, which is very unusual. I never camped a tent, like ten years I've camped out, and like like most of my life I've been homeless, like camp, living out and sleeping in a what's called a bivy and a sleeping bag. Uh, and so it's just very unusual because uh, he he camps too like he's a tra- like he's a traveler or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he got me a tent. Uh, I come back down after we set up the tent because he wants me he wants to be there to set up the tent with me. I come back down as I'm I'm going my way back up and I have my two dogs with me at the time. I just kind of like forget about I just like I'm not gonna walk all the way up there because mm-hmm. uh, it was getting late. And I ended up camping lower on the mountain uh, with my sleeping bag. Uh, right, not say right behind, but behind the road behind Grace Wood's property. As I was sleeping there, uh, I woke up to a truck, like a 1990s, 1980s, uh, like Toyota truck with like the railing stuff on the back for like you put gardening tools, but there's mm-hmm. no gardening tools or anything like that. Just like the railing thing. And then there was a guy in the back with like somewhat heavy set, like dark hair, uh, in a beanie, and then. He had a, there was like a rug uh, in the back, uh, or like a fabric, like wrapped up, maybe maybe a tarp, but it looked thick. Um, and maybe there was two people back there, but I remember him for sure. And then the next morning, I woke up and I went to, uh, I did this secondly, but I want to mention it first. I went to my tent, and it was all cut up into pieces. Uh, and it wasn't like, like, I've been out in the woods, I know what it, when animals look like, they tear into stuff or out mm-hmm. stuff, it was cut, like, just like with a, like with a knife or a sharp object. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
but uh, before that, I went to where I was staying at Bonnie's place. And then Bonnie and Logan, they look really like flush, um, like green to the gills is what I would say. And uh, I was like, so like, what's going on? And they responded with, uh, like, I can't believe you put Crystal's body in Logan's hole or something like that. And I was like, what do you mean? Uh, and uh, you put Crystal's body in Logan's hole, we had a barrier. Um, and I'm just kind of like, quit pulling my leg. Cause me and Logan would always joke, like he'd always like kind of mess with me a little bit and we joke around a little bit. Mm. Um, and I was thinking they were messing with me. Uh, they're like, no, seriously. And then I go to, and so I, I was like, so if you tell me if I go to uh, Grace Woods property and I look where Logan was staying, that hole's gonna be covered up. It was a really big hole. And it'd be mm. like impossible for people to cover it up without a lot of help because it was like an eight foot by eight foot by eight foot hole. Oh, wow. Or eight foot, yeah, yeah. And so um, I went there, uh, like later on that day, he was building a tree house and then the hole was just complete, completely covered. I went and stood on it and I looked at him and I was kind of like, I said something like, did you really do that? And he's like, oh no, we're just joking with you. I just needed to change. Um, or, and then, um, yeah, there was... Was that, uh... There's a uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you as well. Um, I, I guess you refer to um, well, there's two things. So you you mentioned that um, that supposedly uh, what was his name? Garrett had a heart attack. Was that the name? No, it was somebody else. Some so they said that somebody had a heart attack, right? And they found him at like the um, a retirement home. Oh, Garen, Garen. Yeah, supposedly Garen. I was told that Garen by Kelly that Garen died. Why? Supposedly, why did they say like what was like the the benefits to be gained from saying something like that, as well as the second question as well, just so that way I can throw it in there was why would you say that he would invite people over for saunas? Cause it sounds that sounded a little odd to me. Uh, maybe there's like a whole other like thing to it, but yeah. Well, for example, how I met Daniel. Daniel was staying at at Garen's. Um, he Daniel invited me over uh, to stay there, and then when I was there. Garen's was like, hey, like, you know, like, like, do you want to, like, have a sauna? Or, like, he wanted me to set you up a sauna. Like, you know, like, just do it to relax. Like, you know, you're traveling. Like, must be hard to be out in the cold. And, like, yeah, like, whatever. yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, like, it's very, it's just very predatory. Like, this sounds like a, it, like, it's a very, it's like almost like a, there's, it's like 20 rooms. Mm -hmm. It's like, like, you walk in, there's like the main part, a kitchen, a living room thing, and then like a top living room, like a bigger living room. Mm -hmm. And then you go upstairs, and there's three bedrooms upstairs. And then you can walk out to this like secondary apartment where I think there's two rooms, and then like a downstairs living room. And then if you walk out, you have the first courtyard. And then you have, if you walk out to your left gate, you walk into one room, a hot tub thing, like an outside hot tub, a, uh, a spa or the sauna. And then the room that Daniel stayed in was next to that. And then if you go to the right side into the second, or I think there's like two or three courtyards. Mm -hmm. In the second courtyard, there's one building in the back, like one room uh, attached to like the courtyard. And then outside of all of that, the major thing where there was like the way that people drive in, there was like a garage, which was changed into like this other room. And I think that's it. And then up the block, and then like in one block from there, there was also another like compound mm -hmm. that wasn't owned by him that was owned by someone else the person who owns that one i don't believe is nefarious but it was used for nefarious purposes 
and that person ended up leaving because of all the like there's a lot of people that ended up leaving because of all this stuff hmm. um oh so that that's do you think that's the reason why like they just said like he had died or he had passed away or, or got the heart attack to... i mean i think they i think that he was that stuff was getting his like personal i guess this was before was this before this is this i guess he said this before crystal pa- uh, passed away but for, um from my perspective it happens with the daniel thing and daniel is related to the grace woods thing etc and all like the correlation there um i think that he was got caught up possibly getting in trouble for trafficking like young adults mm-hmm. like there are people who aren't adult yet etc um and they said that that he died and then actually moved him to like an old folks home uh, to hide him from his accusers mm-hmm. uh, or like from like news people, accusers, people to like investigate and stuff. Hmm. Why, why do you think most people don't want to investigate or, or kind of get your perspective on this? Do you think there's a possibility of them having like accidents, quote unquote, like, oh, so-and-so died from an accident or they got killed one way or another or because i know that there's a very tight lip around this like i know there's like extremely tight and a lot of people don't want to approach it some people will but it's it's few and far in between yeah so from my entire story as well as the crystal richinger case for example when i was before i left uh crestone there was a Saturday market. I went to the Saturday market, and this was right after the news came. Mm. It said something that, about Crystal's like witnessing, and so I was like, for the longest time, I thought she just left because everyone in town was out. It was like they're all mean, like mm. they're all, it's very fake, very fake. Mm. Uh, and I'm generalizing, like everyone, but like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very materialistic kind of fake metaphysical hippie. Got crap. you. Um, but uh, they um. Oh, shoot. Ask me, ask me your question again. I, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, I, I was saying, I was like, why, why do you think people don't want to approach this subject in particular? Yeah, okay. So then what I was saying with, uh, um, this is just an example. So at a Saturday market, after the news came, I walked, uh, this is in Crestone. I walked up to one of the, to like, you know, there's one guy like having, I get like stones and stuff like that. And I walked up to him and I just asked, I was like, so what's going on with the crystal case? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on with crystal or something like that? And then everyone kind of like stopped and looked at me. And then one person walked up, this lady, short, Caucasian, brown hair, in a bun. Uh, she walked up to me and she was like, what do you know about Crystal? I'm one of Crystal's best friends. Or I'm, I'm Crystal's best friend or something like that. Uh, and I was like, she's like, what do you know? Um, and I was just like, oh, well, I saw her crying over by the story that I told, you, told y'all about seeing the last time I saw her mm-hmm. was her crying next to the brewery. Um, and I mentioned a couple other things that I think I've already mentioned. Uh, and then she's like, do you mind telling the sheriff? And I was like, you know, this is years of my of experiencing poor, poor interactions. Uh, I thought it was too good, but the vast majority of very poor interactions with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like took a breath. I was like, like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, you know, everyone kind of saw that. And then like, we, I think I heard like a gasp or something, but we walked over. This is in front of the Crestone Brewery, which is where people were selling all their stuff for Saturday market mm-hmm. to the other side of the grass where Crystal was crying. We walked up to where the sheriff was. He was like 10 feet away from where, where I just was. Like we just walked like literally 10 feet. And then um, she was like, she was on my left. He was like, uh, he has something, some information that might help 
uh, or to help with uh, Crystal Rissinger's case. And then he like was looking at her right next to me, and he's like, "Who?" And she's like, "Him." And he looks at me and turns around and like, like, like speed walks out of there. Hmm. Like, and everyone notices that. Like, it made like you know sounds or whatever, like reactionary sounds. Um, so I mean, that's just one example. And then the reasoning why and why the law enforcement there are involved and they have some importance to corroborate that, etc. That he was aware of my situation, and they, and because of the whole Bonnie selling her child out, and Crystal going missing, she was sexually assaulted. Um, I believe that it was all interconnected, um, because Andrea Perez uh, also um, said that she was like towards the end when she wasn't my friend anymore. She mm-hmm. kind of like gaslighted, like said some stuff. Uh, about where I specifically grew up, like elementary school I, I went to, in Perry Elementary, she said she went to school there. Dylan Salvatore, her boyfriend, like, was really freaked out because mm. she's always said that they, that she was from Florida, and he always said that he was from Florida, and he was actually from Florida, but they met in Presto. But, uh, so both, like, that's my understanding. But, like, when this came out, uh, he was like, like, because I said this, and he reiterated uh, that it was odd, like, it was weird and scary, that everything, because I've always been very open about my trafficking for my mother and my stepfather and everything. Um, he's like, it's really weird that you didn't mention that, considering everything that he's been like that he's been through, and you're like, it was just really weird. And then through, like, that was about halfway quarter, like the last quarter, I would say of our, of my time there in Presto. Mm-hmm. So that was like towards the very end. Um, I feel like I've gone off on a lot of different mm-hmm. like points of. Restore, I don't know. I, I spread myself thin. I think. Is there a way? Is there a more direction you want to give? Or um. Yeah. Um. How interconnected do you think the police force is to all of this? Because obviously, I'll, I'll I'll compare it to this. Um. Kind of like social services. They they work under the intention of being good, but the majority of them. Um it's just their job you know and, and same with cops i know there are a few good ones as a smoke screen to hide the bad ones and i know that's usually generally how it operates but yeah but how how interconnected do you think they are to, to the trafficking well for example every time i've tried to tell law enforcement about my situation mm-hmm. like one time i walked i think this was uh i had to be in local law enforcement so i was downtown in a public area because i used to street perform on bus it was the only ways that i was actually allowed to have money like i wasn't allowed to have a regular job mm-hmm um, so I street perform whatever and I was in the de- I can't remember where I was exactly but I walked up to this officer and I had it already written on a note like I'm being trafficked help or whatever and then I sat down like I walked he was sitting in his car and I just like threw it in his car and he was like hey and I just ignored him and walked to the grass and like sat down like maybe 30 feet away from him and then like five minutes later he walked up and he was like hey there's this guy that wants to talk to you and I looked up at him and I was like what's his name he's like Garrett Cormier and I was like Talking about like you know I freaked out because that was the guy that already came out that he was the one doing it. And I asked like like who was like like telling him like why does it bother you? And I told him and he's like oh sh-, like uh, I speak to Garrett and I told him how Garrett was involved and he believed me because uh, he explained that by law it's gonna be very difficult because by law uh, if I'm anywhere and I say like hey my name's Kevin I'm, I'm or I'm being trafficked and he's like well let's take your information and put my name into their their system an international system. And the lead investigating officer on my case for the longest time was uh, Garrett Cormier. Um, and then, uh, so he always he used that, for example, as a tool to keep 
this quiet because he's the boss uh essentially like of the guy like he's running the how the laws work is like you, you can't keep the officer can't interfere with the case because he's not like the lead investigating officer the response i've gotten from a lot of people is like i can just make like complaints or something mm-hmm. um i've had a few officers get really panicky like they're like what's going like why am i hearing this like some people officers picking me up to do to uh as the guy would have people pick me up um under the pretenses of like trying to ask me more about the story but i like you know it already came out that what happened and so they start talking about like everything that i that they've done to me in front of the police officer and then like one time particularly this officer like started panicking she's like why am i hearing all this um and the reason wasn't it's just a lot of officers is to like blackmail or see how they react to like what they would this is what they told me is that they had a lot of police officers that were trying to help me commit suicide or die and that like i don't know if that's like, true I b- like, i'd believe it was, i'd believe yeah, it that's specifically yeah. what, I, what i was told and this just they specifically mentioned like places down in the southeast they said that because uh, after like for example one time uh, this could have been the same time i don't remember I was, uh, got, pick, got picked up by a law enforcement officer. Um, it, like, it, like kind of like how I just said, it happened, like, uh, she, she was like, what's going on, like, whatever. She was opposed to this thing, and then, like, I was like, you need to write it in my report. Like, the law enforcement used what's called NLETS, an NLETS system, N-L-E-T-S. It's like an international, or I don't know if it's international, it's definitely a national system that law enforcement and certain businesses have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, like, a mess like they just people put in stuff on you it's not official whatever but people use it to like keep track of people gotcha um, so uh she was trying to put that into the system or did put it in the system and then the people on this on the mic uh garrett cormier rob campbell etc was like don't you do it blah blah, blah. like you're not gonna like it etc paraphrasing but then uh she said she did it and then law enforcement this guy like four cars came by three cars at least Drove, drove down, stopped the car that we were in, it was her same precinct, pulled, opened her door, pulled her out, and then uh, she like tried to pull her out, and she's like, what's going on? And she's like, you're under arrest for trafficking this man. And she looked back at me in her mirror, and then like, I went like, I dropped my jaw, and I could tell that she was like, oh shit, he's gonna say it was me, like this was all set up. And I was like, no, like, you know, when he said that you're being arrested for trafficking him, I was like, she looked at me and I was like, no, 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 like this, what, like, it wasn't her, it was the people on the thing, and uh, and then but like uh, after that or around that time uh, in that incident, he said that he heard the, the whole thing, uh, whatever, and that all she needed to do was just play along. Um, and I was just like, play along to what? And then like one of the they pulled her out, I got out, they put her in the back of a car, uh, of a police of a police car. Um, the sergeant who was standing by her car, like the leader, I don't my terminology is a little poor. Uh, the guy was the boss of the precinct or whatever was in, standing in front of me. The guy to the left of him was like very new because uh, the guy was like, "Oh, like we're not going to look into this. Um, it just seems like bullshit." Or you can't remember who actually did, who actually assaulted you, or who's actually trafficking you. The guy in the you know this mic, like talking to you on, on the mic, has been trying to help you. Um, and I'm like, don't you care about her? Like, does she have fucking kids or something? Mm-hmm. Then one guy who was like, uh, like, I was like, why wouldn't you guys want to look into this? And then one guy was like, uh, I do want to look into this. Uh, like, I think we should. And then on this mic, you hear, oh, get him too. 
you hear in the car, mm. Garrett Fulmer saying that, and then the sergeant turns the thing and he's like, no, like he's just started. He doesn't know how it works yet. And he's like, I forget what how the guy responded, but I'm like, now, and I, don't, I told this to the sergeant, I'm like, now he's going to think you're a weakling because you hired two police officers that actually want to help me against another police officer. Mm. And then like, it, let's see, they paused for a few minutes, or for a moment, not a few minutes, for a moment, and the guy got freaked out. The sergeant was like, he said it was like, say something or something. Mm. And then the lady in the back of the car, the officer, was like, give me back my gun. And she was like in the back of the police car, like tied up. And then uh, I was like getting panicky at this point. One other officer was saying that he just wanted to like drop it. Like he was just like, oh, this is bullshit, whatever. Two officers, besides the woman, uh, wanted to actually look into it. And then I like, had a panic attack and like fell to the ground and then they just they started was like let's just get out of here and then the lady officer was like you gotta hop in this car right now you don't know what they're gonna do to me and then i just laid there with my dog and then sometime after that i got picked up again and they said that uh that the whole precinct this is like 2011 2012 i think in the missouri area Mm -hmm. uh is where that happened and they said that the whole precinct committed suicide um, I don't know if that's true, but this is the type of stuff that they gas they gaslight me with. It's like every time I had a positive interaction with law enforcement or trying to, you know, I mean, even just friends, like I'd interact with, um, they would say that they did something to someone. Like that's where I, I come up with like the Abraham Ali, Joe Ali, and that has actually had more of a story to it too. Um, uh, two friends that I grew up with, they said that them and so many other people that they've done stuff to. Mm-hmm. What's been the best experience you've had with law enforcement in regards to a situation that you've been through? I mean, honestly, I'd say that the experience that I just that mentioned, one? because there's a law enforcement officer genuinely, genuinely tried at least two, mm-hmm. and I think three out of, out of the ones that were there. That, and this is and this is an exclusive to that, but genuinely tried to help me. Mm-hmm. Like they like. Yeah, it was just like, like I can't, I can paraphrase the conversations because there's so many and I could probably give specifics over time, but uh, just kind of uh, generally kind of going, going over it with my, uh, myself is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just the, the officers and just how willing they were to, like, go against, like, the grain. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, it wasn't just me that I was mentioning. Like, there's so much more stuff that's really hard to explain outside of context that was going on also, like, uh, I mean, like, including with the trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is the the worst experience that you've had with law enforcement? Because I'm curious to both sides of the coin <laughs> on that. You're like, if that's your best. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just because uh, cause I'm, I'm huge on uh, kind of how you've stated a few times. It's like when, when people are just going to assume that all officers are good and all officers are bad, I'm like, it's not how it works. It's There's a mixture of both in regards to what percentage is good and what percentage is bad. That's up for debate, but I'm like, there's yeah, not. Yeah, I would, mm-hmm. I, would, I would agree there. I think it's up for debate. And I would say the, I would say the system just protects people within their – like you can say if they're good or bad, mm-hmm. uh, the system protects – law enforcement, like, the system, like, you know, for the law enforcement laws, uh, same with, there's a bunch of, bunch of laws that just by themselves, like, you could say that it's there to protect good or bad mm-hmm. law enforcement officers, but it's there to protect law enforcement officers from certain legal risks, etc., and I don't agree with those, and I think once you remove those, uh, 
and then implement. And you could put other way, other redundancies in there to protect law enforcement without sacrificing, like, freedom of, like, uh, freedom of information, freedom of speech, mm-hmm. like how people should be treated, uh, in their communities. Um, but then uh, you said my best experience. Um, Oh, the the worst one for for this in particular. Oh, this is the worst one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. No, no, it's um, it's fine. It's fine. Because I I would assume you'd have like a bunch of experiences, especially. I mean, there, there's a lot. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot. And when I was like 16, I was at a house, and uh, the police came over, and then they drew a swastika on my forehead and then oh. took a picture of me. Um, like, and it was, it was two officers, uh, Tim and Brian, that I interacted with consistently. I don't remember their last name, but they're Tim and Brian. Uh, Tim, and this, all this stuff can be looked up to some degree. I mean, there's, there's these people have, and I know specific people that also knew these police officers. Um, was that in Huntington Tim, Beach? Yeah, in Huntington Beach. Uh, they're two Caucasians. They're twin brothers. They work in the police department. Tim died on the job. Uh, well, he got shot. Um, while on the job in 2012, roughly. Okay. Um, and then Brian, I'm not positive what happened to him. Um, I, I'm gonna yeah follow that. I don't want to talk about like things I'm 50 50 on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in there, um, let's see. Yeah, there's that experience from that officer that put. Uh, it was Tim or Brian? Um, because twins. Um. Was that experience getting taken to social services twice by a police officer the first time I was like 11 and put handcuffs on me and my brother? And then the person at the group home yelled at this police officer. Cause like, I'm like, like, I mean, I'm five foot two as a 32 year old adult. I'm just like a two foot little, like little goofball uh, at 11, you know? That's and insane. Then, like, me and my brother, yeah, me and my brother aren't very imposing physically. Um, and then both how we act and how we act. Especially me, my brother's always been like a pretty like even-tempered individual mm-hmm. um, from character from like the uh, from interpretation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mine is like I'd say like I come off very nice and kind or whatever. So the staff member didn't like like meek. I would say for myself, but the staff or the social worker or whoever or the person that worked at the group home yelled at the yeah, police officer. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like not then, but later during my life, that was kind of like. Something I, I had to wrap my head around. It was sad to, you know, like 10, 12 year olds, being put in handcuffs. Uh, the worst, exp- I mean, overall, I suppose I would say just the ability for Rob Campbell, Luke Campbell, and Garrett Cormier, and I only know him as Jeff, uh, but this guy was COVID. I mean, I guess I could have been lied to about his name, but there's things I can have, there's loose, loose information I have to corroborate some of this. But um, uh, the Jeff aspect, I mean. Uh, but Jeff, then Garrett Cormier, Rob Campbell, Luke Campbell, I'll go to Luke and Rob's house, because uh, Luke was, my, was me and my brother's age, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit older. But um, I'd say just that whole experience of seeing how people who, who are like, uh, in, like Garrett's in witness protection, um, or works in witness protection, and to see people in their position like so maliciously for years and years and years. It wasn't just like, like it was a whole other beast when I was under 18 or mm-hmm. under 20 to where then it became like when Garrett Cormier 
had the police officer pick me up and then ask me questions. And then I was getting, after like two years, it came out that he wasn't, that he was the first person that assaulted me. Then it came out that like other police officers were trying, that he was trying to get people to like go against me for trying to speak out against what he, what he did to me. Yeah. And, like, police officers didn't know fully what I was trying to speak out against. Um, yeah, there's so much there. What led to the point where they drew a swastika on your forehead? Why did they do that? Um, I would, I don't know why they did that. I, I mean, I would say just to like, uh, continue. Cause like this is, I was like 15 or 16 at the time. I already been sexually assaulted. There's tons of stuff that I've already done on my TikTok, which I can kind of go over, I suppose, uh-huh. uh, that led up to that point. Like I was living, let's see, I was... I'm trying to like think because I moved. I have fortunately I've moved around so much. I have so many points of different things that have happened mm-hmm. that I can remember pretty well, like my age, etc. For when things happen, um, and I'm just thinking that I, I believe I had to have been 15. Like so witness social services back when I was 16, mm-hmm. uh, so I had to be about 15. And I smoked pot because I was at this house with a bunch of people that I met, uh, like Tim and Brian. Uh, would like be I found this out like later but they I originally met them as like people that knew uh, like different people that I kind of hung out with like this woman named Lauren Lowe Uh, Lauren Lowe Angie Angie or Angela Reedy all these people knew these people and that's how I interacted with them and they were at this house Um, I smoked there and then all of a sudden the cops came and then they arrested I believe just just me and mm-hmm. so my interpretation of why I would say is that like again Tim and Brian have interacted many years before this and after in various degrees um, and that it was just to perpetuate the idea that I was like racist or something and like half my site's Mexican but I'm not and I'm not racist but this is just like perception that they wanted people to have of me yeah. for a while they would have my brother like I remember my brother was like throwing up like white power signs with his hands or whatever um, and I remember like the first time I saw that uh, like I think we were walking towards school um, and yeah, he did that to these kids. And like, I just remember like, what the hell is that? Like, we're part, I told him we're part Mexican. Like my dad, like my grandma uh, is second generation, no, first first generation American from mm-hmm. Mexico. And so her, my great grandma, mama is from Mexico. And I remember I was just like, Chris, we're Mexican. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah. And then, like, uh, but this is just, like, the perception in which they had, like, did, did stuff. There's one woman, and this is important, too. I haven't gotten this in my story at all. I kind of frustrated. I didn't. I skipped over it. In high school, there is, in freshman year, there was this woman that, for some reason, became, like, infatuated with me. And then it came out, like, she ended up becoming, like, super anorexic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came out that, uh, like, guy came up to me in school with her and like she was like a few feet back and he walked up to me and then um he said something to me like something he was like blah 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 with her and I looked at him and I was like Luke like and I recognized it was Luke like I used to go to that this kid's house and jump on his trampoline with his dad um mm-hmm. uh, like at his dad's house whatever and um and I was like Luke and then like he left and then the girl that I was with I, like I don't know she said something 
And I was like, I don't know what you're doing or why you're doing this. And then she was like, your friend told me you wanted me skinny. And I was like, I didn't, like, I was like, I don't, I, I was like, I don't even know who that is for sure mm-hmm. or whatever. And then she started panicking and crying. She obviously was getting worked on. Is like uh, the term that I've kind of been using as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, because, yeah, she, like, snapped over the course of, like, six months. This woman, I can't remember her name. She had a really tall friend who had pink hair and, like, ponytails, whatever. And uh, so she's, like, a cooperating witness. But this woman was, like, told to be anorexic, anorexic and got to the point of, like, panicking because Luke, and they would, uh, and you could, and there's so much more to tell there, too. But they had Luke essentially, like, harass this woman to get her to, like, break down and try to cause, like, a thing with me. Like, a couple people try to, like, fight me over this. They're like, what are you doing to her? And I've always been gay. Like, I've never been attracted to women. Um, and, um, I'll say always, but, like, freshman year, like, whatever. I've never, like, in second grade, I used to, like, like chase around girls being like, kissy, kissy, kissy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, super goofy, you know? Um, but, like, as an, like, you know, being attracted, I've only been attracted to men, and, like, I was confused, I was like, what's going on, mm-hmm. like, and then she's just, like, crying, saying that she doesn't know what's going on, and I've, like, had a lot of stuff going on at this point, too, and so I just, like, turned around and walked away, I didn't know what to do, because also at this time, Willie, this person that me and my brother used to live next to, saw me at Del Taco next to the high school, uh, same, same high school as of what this happened to this woman, um, we were talking, and then, like, I think it was, like, from lunch, we saw each other, and then after school, I went back there or something, and these group of guys were, uh, beating up Willie, and then Willie saw me, like, ran over to me, and then, uh, or I walked, I, I kind of, like, moved over to me, and I moved over to him, and so the parking lot in between Del Taco, and, like, the walkway to mm-hmm. where the high school is, whatever, he had a black eye, and then the guys was telling him to get away from me, um, and he was saying like he knows me. And then the guy, one of the guys was like, um, "What do you say? Sorry, my brain's going fast." Um, he said something like, "What is?" He said, "Yeah, you know him." And I'm paraphrasing a lot. This is when I was young. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said like, "Yeah, you know him. You did like you did that thing to him." And like the guy was wasn't wasn't being specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what's going on, whatever. And then Willie was like, they said that I assaulted you. Um, and then one of the guys came up to me uh, and was like, like, he spoke to me. And then he yelled to the group. And he was like, he doesn't remember that this guy uh, assaulted him. Uh, something like that. And like, he was trying to, ch- trying to insinuate both for me to tell people that Willie did something to me. And then also say that... Um, Willie got me to say that I didn't, that he was trying, that Willie was trying to get me to say that he didn't do anything wrong because, like, Stockholm Syndrome or something. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't say it. This is, like, extrapolation. Um, but from what he said, and then, like, I was like, no, like, I know him. I grew up with, like, I live next to my house, like, mm-hmm. he, like, in multiple places. Like, I know him. He's a nice person. He's never hurt me. And then the group of guys that were standing away from this one guy was like, what the hell's going on? And then the group of guys asked me if I knew the guy that was talking to me and trying to help me, mm-hmm. not Willie, but this other guy. And the other guy was claiming to actually know me, and for, uh, like not like around them, and then trying to like play different sides for an event. And this also happened for another situation, a similar situation, uh, when I moved back out of social services, and someone commented on my 
on my uh, Twitch saying that they remember seeing this event at a motel. There was a oh, bunch wow. of guys that uh, my mom had to stay with. Like we stay, stay at this motel, and then my mom was like, "I'm gonna go down downtown because it's right next to downtown Huntington Beach." And then, uh, do you mind watching my son? And then she came back with police officers like an hour later, saying that they kidnapped. Him. And then all like the whole groups there, there is a group of people that were. Uh, doing the U.S. Open, like paintballing, mm-hmm. down in uh, during this event, and they were all in a group together. That's why they were there. And then the group of people almost beat the crap out of these two law enforcement officers oh, wow. um, in Huntington Beach. And then they left. And then the police officer and my mom was like, "Next time you do that, uh, make sure there's less people." And then they turned to me and they're like, something like, "Don't you know what to do by now or something?" And then my mom's like, "He doesn't know." And I didn't really know. I didn't know what was going on at that point. I was mm-hmm. just kind of like. I very much have always had this, like, like, illusion of law enforcement, of everything. Like, I've just, like, people in social services, everyone knows to help. People in law enforcement, everyone knows to help. People in any sort of position of power is there to help. Like, it's my, I've always presumed that there was the checks and balances, redundancies needed to keep people from being corrupt, kind of thing. And so, like, I just had no concept up until uh, Garrett Cormier, um, did that thing that I mentioned in my 20s in the, in the car. And that's where, like, like there's parts where I was concerned, like in social services, I was like, okay, there's some bad people. But, like, I was very naive up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another thing that I wanted to ask you, I guess going um, a full circle back to your mom uh, from the beginning. Um, do you know, uh, I know, I guess it sounded like she had been, like, extorted or forced into the business, but how did she get into that, and, and why did she stay in that is it like a once you get in you can't really leave type of deal or, or how how is that i would say it's hit that would be like a very bland, like a, a non-in-depth way of saying it yeah it's like once you're in it you can't get out of it from my experience um but uh there's um a few things i can go off of to answer that my aunt debbie said that she can't believe my mom ever got mixed up with these guys Ever, and she's like ever since high school or middle school or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's pictures that I was shown of my mom sitting on my mom's adoptive dad's lap mm-hmm. doing the thing that I was used for with Garrett. Like the first time he sexually assaulted me, he had to take a picture with me, with him, me sitting on his lap. Um, there's the same picture with my mom sitting on my grandpa's lap, her, mm-hmm. her, step, her uh, adoptive father. And then and that's when she was, like, 12. And so, like, on some level, from my extrapolation, it was, it was she's been involved, like, she was born, born into it or something. Okay. Uh, I don't really know. But then I was told that it was around middle school, high school. Well, that's insane. Um, another thing that I wanted to go back to from the very beginning as well was uh, you were mentioning, like, the, the witness protection program, um, and then there was one place in Mexico that was willing to assist you. Why is it that they it, it's harder for them to to publicly assist you in in the situation like that? That that kind of stuck out to me. That seemed a little odd. Um, maybe... Um, go on. It, it's, their, it's their policy. Uh, mm. It's every place that I've called and spoke about it. They pretty much just go to, the, like, it's our policy. Even, like, crisis hotlines I've mm. called, trying to, like, I'm like, I need help getting the story out. They're like, mm. oh, no, like, we talk with you it's all about confidentiality mm-hmm. um like you know we don't want people's information getting out there mm-hmm. and i was like well that's how people can't address an issue unless it's out there yeah uh, thought process um but this essentially yeah it's policy 
Hmm. And then one thing in particular that stood out to me as well when you were saying like everyone's really quick to to push you on over to another resource and everything like that, although they might want to help, it almost seemed like it's I don't know about you, but it seemed like it's almost constructed that way on purpose to some level, not 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 like full blown conspiracy, but just to some extent, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, it could be. Depending on, on the perspective and how you go about this, mm-hmm. I could say that with malicious intel, with someone who's intelligent, mm-hmm. well connected, and malicious, they can manipulate any or most systems to their benefit to do wrong with. Correct. Um, I could also go at it at another perspective that, yeah, it, that potentiality is definitely there that a lot of things are set up specifically to protect people that are doing bad things Mm -hmm. um so it's a a double it's like a i'm on the fence i suppose i think it's a mix of both Mm -hmm. um people taking advantage of good laws and then bad laws being created to protect bad people yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that for sure. Um, another thing that I wanted to get you on, because I know I don't have too much time with you left, was um, have you ever seen anyone getting maybe, like, abducted or anything like that? Or, like, thrown into a car and like that or heard stories of that nature? Because, obviously, like, let's say um, for girls, right, like, on Twitter or on TikTok, I've, I've seen posts where, like, I saw my friend get, like, just kidnapped or there was like somebody watching her and then like as soon as she got out of her shift like they took her like there's been a few stories like that that i've seen um i don't know if that's like a whole other like field of the trafficking business or if if you've seen that or experienced that and whatnot um i've never experienced someone getting yeah like uh, like you know i'm like walking yeah. down the street or i'm in social services or something i've never mm. seen anyone like get grabbed and like yeah taken. my experience mostly with it is just like it's so nurtured into like it's so normalized and nurtured that like you don't need like you know you're just like okay there's gonna be a guy that's gonna like lay in your bed mm-hmm. and you're just like oh like you know you're just yeah like this is normal like you know you don't think it's normal like you know it's not normal yeah. this is like like socially expected expected mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah i mean it's like through social services and then like the few points where they have mm-hmm. like you want to speak out you want to get help i've had people come up to me right after something has happened and they're like for, this is one case in particular um they asked me what happened and then i got uh trying to say and she slapped me and she's like you're not supposed to say uh hmm. it's just kind of like a way to get like you know like they know people are going to want to speak out, and then they put people who are like they get people in positions that are supposed to help people, and then they, so they make the person scared to speak out. Yeah. So there's less chance to find someone that is willing to actually push the issue and help. That sounds about right. Um, I I can't really exp- I I can't really have high hopes for this, but what how is your relationship with your mom? right now is it is it bad that that's what i would expect but uh maybe you forgave her I, i'm not sure what like the circumstances are between you two i, I don't know no it's it's all gotten like extraordinarily worse over the years um, yeah. i mean i don't like intellectually i like i get mad at situations like mm-hmm. things that nurtured people to get to where they are mm-hmm. um emotionally i am not like i am not happy with like i put a lot of blame on my 
mom and my brother yeah. a lot. I mean, less on my brother. Uh, only stuff that, you know, when he was old, old enough to know better mm-hmm. kind of thing. But then there's, um, yeah, my mom and Garrett and then people don't, it's just like they're supposed to be to, like there to help you. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of mis, uh, mis, uh, a lot of distrust. Yeah, um, definitely. I don't have, yeah, no, no, no connection. Uh, mm-hmm. No, like, in a weird sense, I kind of love like everything. So I can't say like I don't love my mom. I wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't bother me if I didn't care kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want any relationship ever. Yeah. It's, it's like a... I like the look of the sun. I don't want to be like around it. I want to melt. <laughs> I like you know, that saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something like that is the, is the expression or something that I can do. Gotcha. When's the last time you've been in contact with her? The last time we spoke, I called her uh, and I was trying to set her up to say something mm. dumb. Uh, Smart. I just, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. And I was trying to get as much recording, etc., as possible. Uh, and I have this recording. And she, like, I called her and I was like, make the cop stop. Uh, whatever, and I was like trying to trying to act as though I was like really like in a panic state because that's when they divulge like more mm, like trying to like smart yeah harder. yeah you're yeah, smart. Yeah. And so I try to I try to sound like that. And at the end, I didn't even get anywhere. But at the end of the conversation, she was like, I mentioned social services and Rob Campbell, and she's like, I haven't seen him in years, and you were never in group homes. And then like I'm like I felt dumb because most of the conversations was that I wasn't ever in group home comment. I think is very important. Like, why would someone say I wasn't in group homes? There's so much proof there to show that I was in group homes. I have messages already on my Twitch from people that I was in social services with. Mm -hmm. I have tons of that. There's tons of stuff to go off of just from that. Got you, got you. What would you say is, like, the best piece of evidence you have in regards to... Because I know you have a bunch of recordings. Is there anything in particular that sends out that's like, this is gold right here. Like, this is what I need and I can't lose this. Um, There's a lot of stuff that leads to... That is gold and that it leads to the people and the things that open it up and it's, it's very obvious it's not something mm. that's like circumstantial gotcha like there's the conversations i have with Teresa peliquin who's nathan peliquin's mother who nathan peliquin was dating crystal Rissinger mm-hmm. when she was sexually assaulted and disappeared and or buried or whatever um i have three conversations with her and she expresses multiple times about how um, she believes the law enforcement are involved. She specifically said I'm 100% sh- uh, positive the sheriff had something to do with it. And she specifically says that bastard Dan Warwick, I believe, um, is one of the names that she says. And then the key, two things that she says that are odd in the conversation is that um, she's like, she doesn't, she says she doesn't know Logan Nance or Andrea Perez. And Logan Nance would somewhat make sense since he was just kind of stayed at Great Grace's property and just kind of bounced around between specific people. But Andrea Perez worked at the brewery. The brewery is one of two restaurants in town. Um, it's the only, it's the one in Maytown. It's one mm-hmm. that everyone goes to. I specifically seen her. I have a specific memory of seeing her get served by Andrea Perez. Mm-hmm. And like it's just impossible. Like every like she was the, it's a town of 150 people. Like you don't know people. Like it's not like you skip over she was that you see pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that to me was, was really odd. Uh, but conversations like that are important. I have a conversation, the one with my mom that I mentioned, I have a conversation with law enforcement saying uh, so my face got tattooed against my will. Have, your uh, your face got tattooed against your will? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, the police told me 
And so I have this recording at a sexual assault survivor's house because I could not get them to actually come and help me take mm -hmm. a report or anything. So I had to like play, I had to be very manipulative into getting someone to actually come out to me. And I finally got someone to come out to me. And then he said, I have this recorded is uh, slight par paraphrasing is the guy did this because you're gay and gay people are more likely to have HIV. And so he did it in self-defense. By the way, it doesn't look that bad. You should be happy for what you got. And this is like, I'm like not composed at all. I've been panicking, like I had a seizure, uh, like pan like for months just destroyed me. Like it was the thing that made it to where before I could go out and like interact with things and have confidence to where like, I'm just like PTSD is like fully set in. Mm -hmm. How I mean overall, how is your your day to day life? Um, are are you still like caught up on things? Are you are you steer clear, um, or do you feel like you have a mission to like get the word out? Like I kind of want to know like how you're how you are now, because I mean it seems like you've been pushing it a lot recently on TikTok, and and I think that's really good because you're setting up the awareness for that to begin with. And like you were mentioning earlier, you're getting the conversation open the discussion, whereas opposed it really wasn't. Yeah, I would say, I mean, because of TikTok, I, I mean, I've tried to push this out for years and years and years, mm -hmm. again, through, like, telling law enforcement and then through various means of some of them not being able to mm -hmm. or not being willing to or being harassed not to. I haven't been able to make progress there. Facebook, a lot of stuff got deleted mm -hmm. that I've been posting up over the years. And then with Twitch, it just kind of, or uh, TikTok, mm -hmm. it just kind of exploded, which was nice. Um, and... Um, I'm not, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess my goal, or like, you know, like how I feel like doing it, I feel like I'm on a mission, mm -hmm. essentially, like I feel like, not even just with my thing, because through my experience, there's multiple other issues that I've experienced, like trying to seek asylum in Canada, mm -hmm. and trying to get to a, a place, because even before I went to Canada, a few months ago, um, which I have, this is the paperwork, oh, hey. that they yeah, that they gave me for like, oh, wow. it shows that I like that I officially it's like you officially uh, made an asylum claim. And the third time I went to Canada where they actually let me. The other two times is is also a story. Mm -hmm. But um, while I was there, my experience with RCMP and CBSA were very was not unique. Mm -hmm. uh, there's people, two people from Punjab, India that had horrible experiences. One guy from I believe it was Sierra Leone, Africa. There's two people from Africa. I can't remember where one of them was from. Uh, uh, two, yeah, from two different nations in Africa that also had an issue. Almost everyone I've spoken with had an issue. I even have copies of someone else's private court transcripts because CBSA and RCMP, not only the people that I specifically, uh, some of the people that I specifically interacted with were intentionally corrupt, the, uh, the overall ineptitude you know, of some of these transcripts. Um, is just shows that they're just yeah, they're um, not good at what they do and so not only again with uh, to circle that square not only to say with I'm on a mission, a mission about getting the story out about what happened to me mm -hmm. but also about just the overall like inefficiency mm -hmm. in uh, policies and laws and how things could be could like it for everyone's benefit, like law enforcement's benefit, society's benefit, citizen, like mm -hmm. individual citizens' benefit. There's it's not like a one way. Like you don't like you don't people don't have to jump to extremes. Mm -hmm. um, but there are things that 100% need to be addressed in the asylum process for people around the world. 
is also something that in the back of my mind is like I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. No, and I'm really glad that that you stood out like on when I was going through my for you page and. I think it's really good that you're opening that up because, like I said, a lot of people are scared to, to speak out. Shit, even I am, but I'm still going to post. I'm going to not be a bitch. I'm just going to post it, take care of what needs to be done. Um, I'll post it. By, do, you have, do you have Instagram? Would you mind if I tag you on Instagram or, or no? Yeah, go for it. Okay, go for it. got you. Uh, where can people find you on uh, on Instagram and TikTok? Um, let me see. I have, I'm have. i not really good at the username. Like I'm not internet-savvy, mm -hmm. and most of my usernames are... Um, I'm looking at my. I think it was. I I believe it was, traffic TikTok, but TikTok at the end is with a C, and a, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I'll make sure I tag that yeah. in the description. Um, and then Instagram as well. Yeah, my my TikTok is, or or my yeah my TikTok is traffic TikTok with C's instead of K's at the end for for TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then, I know I use P Fog Woodland Moss mm -hmm. for like a lot of my other medias i think mm -hmm. my um instagram is is that if you go to my tiktok i have a link up uh to um my link tree mm, and it okay. goes to my facebook which i don't post anything serious there uh but my youtube which i'm going to start uploading recordings mm -hmm. and stuff so people can listen to this stuff and i don't have to because i've been sending it out on email just for free mm -hmm. so this way i can just do it that way mm -hmm. and then my instagram is there my YouTube, I have a Twitter, which I made for this, and it's, there's nothing there, but you can, you know, mm -hmm. add that to, Hopefully. and also my email, in case people want to email me or call me. Oh, perfect. Yeah, all that's there. Do uh, you have your Twitch on there as well, or would you want to plug that in yeah. here as well? Yeah, my, my uh, oh my, I do, I, I don't have, I don't have Twitch, I, or I, I do have a Twitch account, I don't want to plug it in. Okay, got you, like, got you. I just started playing, playing games, and I feel awkward. <laughs> No, uh, no, I completely understand. I just want to make sure you get plugged in as much as possible. Well, thank you so much for your time. Like I said, I'll make sure I upload this in a few hours, and then I'll, I'll go ahead and tag you. All right, man? Thank you. I appreciate your time. All right. You take care. Uh -huh. Bye. You too. Bye.